The Meddlesome Meeples present The Quest Report with Matt and Richard. There is a game from Cool Mini or Not. They call the rising sun. Nice. <laughs> this is the second time Sweet. we've actually... <laughs> yeah, this is the second time we've had to record this, a second take. I was hoping he wouldn't do that this time as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are. Disappointment, get used to it. <laughs> but we weren't disappointed in this game. No, we loved this game. Now, we, we liked... This is the third, isn't it, in the... Um, series of games, so to speak. The mm-hmm. you've got first off Chaos in the Old World, then Blood Rage, and this has been described by Eric Lang, who designed the game as the spiritual successor to Blood Rage. Have we talked about either of those games on the podcast? No, we just play them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> those those are games that are just there for our enjoyment, really. We don't share Personal them with the world. <laughs> Personal use. <laughs> all right, and. Um, you can tell in some of the design how that is the case, can't you? You can see elements, um, like the area control works very similarly to Blood Rage. I think these are some of the best area control games mm. because it's not a massive part of it. There's so much more, like with all the cards and everything and um, what else you can do in the game. And and also the fighting is kind of limited, which is nice. It you can't is, just because go... there are, the fighting's only, at the, ever, only ever at the end of every season, isn't it? Yeah, As opposed to just... yeah. There's that. Whenever you want. Yeah, and also that there's these random places that you decide at the mm. start. And like you put these little flags out, and like they are where the wars are going to be. And you can turn up or not. It's yeah. <laughs> up to you. So you can't actually just go and declare a war or anything. You can lose your invite, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's, the game it has three seasons where you're playing, which are spring, summer, and autumn. And in the fourth season of winter, it's just tallying up points. We all go home. Yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. No, no one wants to fight in the snow. And um, you you have... Each season will start with a tea ceremony, which is an opportunity to forge alliances with other players. And this is one of the things that I quite like about the game. That was so civilised. It, it was. We all sat around drinking tea and uh, forging alliances. And one of the things I find in a lot of games, mm-hmm. alliances don't really mean a huge amount. They no. can be quite vague in the sense of not being an actual part of the game, but two players deciding to work together to topple another player or something like that. Or yeah. um, it can be, well, we're going to be allied, which means you're going to get these trade goods at the start of every round or something like that. Um, and this actually makes it a lot more interesting because you've got your different actions that you're going to play through the game, which are uh, political mandates. So on, on your turn, you'll draw a number of tiles from the top of the political mandate tile stack mm-hmm. and you look at them, you pick one and you put the others back in the order that you drew them. Uh, and that will give you your action for the round and other players can do it as well. It's basically this is what everyone's yeah. going to do now. So for example, there's like the marshal. So everyone gets to, if you draw them, play the marshal political mandate, everyone gets to move their troops. Mm-hmm. But you, because you've played it, and an, and an ally, if you've got one, will get an extra bonus, which is that you can build yeah. a stronghold. Yeah, you okay? know, you always get a bonus for being the one that picked that, because yeah. it's on your turn. So you do an extra yeah. thing, but... Typically, it means that you get to do that last, so you can see how everyone else <clears> does it. So like you see how everyone else moves their forces, then yeah. you've got an opportunity to move to react to that. But if you're on an alliance, th- th- your your 
alliance person. Your ally. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yes. Flipping it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a word. Ally. We've been You're... talking about books this afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the dictionary. <laughs> so, yeah, your ally gets to also do the special thing as yeah. well. And that's the benefit of being on an alliance. And I think you... Were you in an alliance every time? I managed to be in, a, in an alliance every round. With Just by being players. nice to me and Heather. It mm. was... Yeah, it worked out well for you, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And there are actions, though, that are better not to not to be in an alliance when you play. Like the betray action. Because if you're in an alliance when you play <laughs> a betray action, yeah. it's a really good thing to do, but it breaks the alliance and you lose honour. And honour is important because honour will settle all ties. So, And also the player with the most honour gets to go first in each season. So honour is important. For you feel me, bad about yourself if you, you don't have it. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was very ashamed, but um, there is reason sometimes for breaking that alliance. Um, and it's the only way that you can break an alliance during that season as well. Because once you make an alliance, it's there for the rest of the game. But yeah, I just felt that in this game, the alliance part of it... It's there for the rest of the season, isn't it? It's there for the rest of the season, but it just meant more than it did in a lot of games where I've seen It was powerful, yeah. yeah. But when I wasn't But it on... wasn't be all end up, because when you're not in an alliance... You can use the betray. You can use the betray. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, I didn't feel too bad when you and Heather were on an alliance because I thought I can't wait for the betray one to turn up, and I'm just going to use it. <laughs> yeah. Each faction in this also has their own special abilities, which is good, and that can come out through those political mandates. So, for example, Heather's faction, which I think was she the Lotus Clan. Yes. Um, Heather's Pink faction ones. are able to uh, play, put uh, the political mandate card face down, and just say what it is. And they, and they can just choose every time what they want it to be, which A is good because it means that they're not restricted by the tiles they draw, but B it also means that they can remove a tile they don't want subsequent players yeah, to Yeah, they could like, get the Betray one and say it was a Harvest one, yeah. and then she's got rid of a Betray. Exactly. And that's that could be a very powerful ability to do. There's only two of each. Yeah, yeah, two of each, and there's, there's a total of ten tiles, and um, you will, as I say, you draw them and you get the way the game will work for each season is you'll have one tea ceremony, three political mandate uh, rounds where you, you play tea, it and everyone does that. Tea, then politics. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the cami phase, which is where um, you may get a blessing from the gods if you've yeah. sent Shin- Shinto's to yeah, the shrines. Yeah, climb up mountains to the shrine for our spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever's got the most in a particular shrine gains that benefit. So mm. it could be, like in, in the game we played, it could be extra ronin, extra <clears> coins, <throat> extra movements, extra honour. Um, and they will be different every time because there's four shrines and you you play them from the core game has seven tiles so there's something different every time you play we did the recommended yeah. first game ones and um, then you go back to having two political mandate rounds and, and another cami round another two political mandates yeah, yeah. and then you get the war phase war. now the combat in this game is different to the other two games we mentioned Chaos in the Old World and Blood Rage, but it does have some similarities. So, for example, the, in this, you will only ever have two more than the amount of players that number of battles. So the battles okay. are players plus two. So you draw five tiles um, at the start when you're setting up for the season, and you'll place these five tiles down, and you know then, right, in this round, this season, this is where the five battles are going to take place. You know what order they're going to take place in. But you get war advantages, don't you, Richard? You Which do. you can bid on. 
Yeah, so the way that you actually do it is you have your money that you've kind of mm. accumulated throughout that round. And you also have... I can't Ronin. remember what you'd call it. What's that? Yeah, yeah, Ronin, yeah. But when I was talking about, you have the little thing to hide it behind. You have oh, a little, yeah, you have a little shield stand. to hide your Yeah, so this is the point where you're having to hide the stuff you've got. So you have to declare it first, don't you? You how many, declare what you've got, but then you hide gold. how much you're bidding. And uh, how many Ronin, which are little tokens for little mercenary guys mm. that are going to help you in that war. And then what you do is you just assign gold to the different strategies that there are in the war, which are going to happen in a set order. It goes from left to right. The first one is ritual suicide, <laughs> Sepika, which I did, uh, because like, Matt, Matt was going to win this war kind of thing. But then when we revealed what we'd done, like all my guys had killed themselves in an honourable fashion. Seppuku, yeah, it's called. Yeah, they had done that. And then um, the next one is take hostages. So if you have had bid more gold on the take hostage one than the other person you get to take one of their figures as a hostage. And didn't you take my dragon hostage, or Heather did, or something? <laughs> yeah, that was good. I had a, a big dragon figure that was, yeah. Of course, the advantage of that is if you take a hostage, then you gain a victory point from the player that you've taken it from, and they lose a victory point. Hmm. So that's always worth doing. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then there's the higher Ronin. So you've already declared how many of these little Ronins you have. But um, whether or not you get to hire them is if you have put the most gold on that. In other words, the mercenaries are going to come fight for whoever's got the most coin. That's it, basically. And then that is the point where you decide the battle. So it's just, there's no dice rolling or anything like that. It's how much force you've got in that territory at at the end of that. Which is very much like um, Chaos in the Old World, well not Chaos in the Old, Blood Rage and a lot of other games. How much force you've got in that territory left after all this has happened. Yeah, so it's like one, yeah, it's like how much force you have. The others will, uh, the losers get kind of killed don't yeah. they? they they get taken away go back to the reserves it's mostly based on how many f- on, on the number of figures you've got because some mostly. of the some of the monsters will have different strengths mm. they'll count as different force and they've normally the got outcome. an ability yeah, yeah. Uh, but your normal little figures generally just count as one force yeah my earth dragon could make one character run away <laughs> I had <laughs> and a go to a different one dragon worth five force and mm. things like that so yeah yeah that was great so yeah after the battle's complete the, the next thing is Imperial Poets. And this is basically how many victory points you'll get at the end. Yeah. Or whether you'll get them. So if you put gold on that and you've put the most gold, then you get a victory point for every figure. every figure that's been killed in that battle. So basically... Whether you've, you've killed them or not. Yeah, that's it. Whether it, they could have been yours or somebody else's. But it's like you paid the poets to write the story of that battle. Mm. So you get to write the history, basically. So it's The first part of that battle is the seppuku, which we mentioned when a player might bid on that and then kill all their own figures, mm-hmm. uh, which would give them victory points and honour for each one they honor. kill. It's a very honourable thing. Even though they've they've killed their own guys, you can get victory points for that. Yeah. So you just write a different good. story at the end. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. So yeah, we're having gold on that really helps. So what happens is you each assign gold onto these different strategies there and then you reveal at the same time, then you go through them and see who won each thing, see the results of the battle and see everything. Now the person who what what you have to do is the person that won, no the person that loses will put all of their take away all the gold that was on there and then put it back in the reserves. That that yeah. gold is gone. But then the winner 
does not put their gold back into the reserves. They give it to the loser. They give it to the loser as war reparations. Yes. And uh, that's that's and an amazing that aspect. That is a great thing great. that really balances this out, I think, because you kind of go into a battle, particularly if it's one of the first battles of that season, mm-hmm. you don't want to put overwhelming amounts of coins down, because if you do... You're going to then give that coin... You're probably going to win, yeah. but you're going to then be giving that those coins to the other player. Now, if you're, if you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, there's going to be five battles this round, I've got three battles against player number player B, let's call them, and... Don't call your wife player B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if, if you've got to have a fight against someone later on in that round, you don't want to spend overwhelmingly with your coins so that they'll have those coins then to spend overwhelmingly against you. So you have to sort of um, be a bit thoughtful as to how much you bid because you mm. want to win them, obviously. Yeah. Sometimes not because you want to do them. So, for example, with the seppuku, uh, killing all your uh, own figures to gain victory points and honour you might not want to do that, but you might not want your opponent to do that. Uh, so you could bid on that, that to deny them the opportunity and just not... You don't have... Yeah, it, says, win, it always says may to, on all yeah, these things. It's optional, but you, you basically win the option to do that. So you could bid heavily on that so your opponent can't wipe their forces out. And you will see in when you're quite overmatched, that is quite an appealing option. So then to have someone deny that, it's like, no... You don't get to kill yourself. I'm going to kill you. Don't take that away from me. It's quite a powerful scary monster that I have. Yeah, you are going to feed my dragon. Mm. Yeah, there's one with like a tree, and yeah, some of them are quite weird. There's a lot of skulls and. Some of them have heads, and there is a tree that just has heads on it, and that is, that is I don't like that one. No, no, that's, that, was, we that was a little that. bit weird. Yeah, we use that in the game. Um, but I do think that the combat in this is very interesting. Now, uh-huh. I say you're not going to have battle every round, and if you, it's just you and an ally in area, it's just whichever of the two of you with the highest force you will, will, yeah. will take that. You token all just that shake round. hands, and then yeah. just. Just talk each other out of seppuku. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it is quite important because um, the if you get these different uh, territory tokens, you get bonuses at the end of the game for how many uh, different tokens that you've got. Yes. And that can, be, that can be up to 30 points, which is quite a lot in this game. Yeah, so trying to fight, war, well, win wars in lots of different places. Yeah, it That's is an good. advantage. Yeah. Uh, but also you can get points through other cards uh, for strongholds and things like that depending on which cards mm. you've got. Uh, I think there's ones that give you bonuses based on how many virtue cards you've got. And things yeah, you like can that. gain virtues. Yeah. There's things like benevolence. My wife um, was very virtuous, justice. isn't she, in this game? She was the most virtuous out of all of us in that she had one virtue card. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a very virtuous game in the end. No. Uh, and I was actually... My figures were worth a lot more in combat because I had the least honour. You so I was constantly the, trying to mm, make sure I had less honour than everybody else so that my guys could well. be nasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was good. All in all, a really interesting take with the bidding on the war advantages mm-hmm. um, for combat. Interesting area control. You could harvest uh, by playing the harvest action and gain your um, territory's bonuses if you got the most in an area. What I quite liked about your clan was because we had strongholds. Now we start off with a stronghold and you can build more by playing the <laughs> by you or your ally playing a martial card. Yeah, but well um, I built mine. 
they, he could just move his all over because he was the turtle clan. My, so yeah. he's had these amazing little figures with a turtle with a building on the back of it, uh, and they could just move from territory to territory, mm. uh, whereas ours was stationary. But <laughs> I only had two, and I just kept moving them around. <laughs> but yeah, that gives you a few less mm. points at the end, but it's just so convenient. Yeah. I mean, we played with the core game plus the Kickstarter exclusive. So we didn't play with all the add-ons, but we had a few of the upgrades. So, like, the strongholds were upgraded from the normal tokens. The alliance uh, tokens were upgraded and things. One of the nicest things about the upgrades was the political mandate tokens because they were on, like, tiles tiles as opposed to just cardboard tokens. They were, like, dominoes we were laying down with, like, proper Japanese kanji on them. And it it just felt so much like it was a a proper Japanese game in, like, the Bushido-type age. It looked good. It was... Aesthetically, the game is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, we we had the mat, the play mat, to play on as well, Mm. which had quite a funny smell when we took it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it doesn't... (laughs) I don't think it really counts too much against the game no, that the but... mat was stinky when we did it <laughs> well once it had aired it was fine wasn't it it was just yeah. it kind of got the idea that whoever had been manufacturing this in a, somewhere in China was just farting in every single tube before they shipped it out but um, you know I don't think it was that aesthetically yeah it was probably something to do with the glue or the dye that was used but aesthetically the game was <laughs> is fantastic it, wasn't is it? it no I know it was a joke but I just felt like it smelled like glue or something. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I just didn't even think of that. <laughs> but did, seriously, aesthetically, the game was was fantastic. I mean, we had one of the other things we had was the upgraded coins, which was nice. Again, yeah. not essential. The normal components for this are nice components. Kickstarter ones were a little bit nicer, um, but to look at aesthetically, it was beautiful, wasn't it? The miniatures and yeah. everything. Yeah, this is a, a highly recommended game. I think. We were, uh, while we were playing it, I said it was uh, one of the best games I've played in a long time. And um, I think we're going to play it again. This Actually, evening? We, yeah, waiting for Heather to get back. How do you want to play it? <laughs> <laughs> so, overall, you, we've, we've already said that you, you prefer this to the other two games in the series. Yes, over yes. Blood Rage and Chaos in the Old World. You're not normally a fan of area control games. No, but the way that these work... They do it so well, and that the area control isn't a massive, massive part mm. of it. It's quite a, a almost a Euro hybrid in places, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And because, um, like in in Euro games, sometimes like the victory points and stuff like that will get annoying, mm. and uh, various kind of resources and things. There's normally what what gets me in a game sometimes is if it all comes down to just one thing. Yeah, and I find that quite annoying. But in this game, there's so many different ways of playing it and so many different strategies that I feel like even when you're losing, you can enjoy it. Mm. Which, you know, I think me and Heather were joint second after you yeah. and uh, and both of us really enjoyed it. Mm. And, uh, and that really is the mark of a, a good game, I think. So this gets a lot of points from me for that. So there we are. The game of the rising sun. We... Highly recommend this one from Call Me or Not. Thanks for watching. Stay meddlesome. Farewell, Quester. To find out about other productions by the Meddlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at meddlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Quester, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.